0: Welcome to this series of Power Parole special podcast in commemoration of International Women's Month. We are featuring women who are doing amazing things in the renewable energy access space. And our special guest for today is Emily Makatia, who is the co-founder and CEO at Odyssey Energy Solutions. Emily previously worked as Chief Revenue Officer of Frontier Power as a son Edison subsidiary developing solar microgrids micro in India and Africa. Emily also worked in advanced energy management at Enanok and Yahoo. She's developed climate investment solutions at Risk Metrics Group. And she's also received a Fulbright Fellowship to address off-grid solar lighting solutions in rural India. Emily holds a BA from Brown University, an MPA from the Harvard Kennedy School of Government, and an MBA from the Stanford Graduate School of Business. Welcome to our podcast, Emily. And it's great to have you here with us. And thank you for creating, and thank you for your time. Um, kindly start by telling our listeners about your journey to Odyssey. Um, tell us about the company and also what led to its formation.
1: Absolutely. Um, just to start off with with who we are, um, Odyssey is an end-to-end data and technology platform for deploying low-carbon, smaller-scale uh, distributed clean energy projects. Um, we, we're a platform with the sort of digital technologies and data tools that are critical to enable scale across the finance, build, and operate phases of project development. Um, and really what we're focused on at Odyssey is achieving, is, is, is enabling um, the DRE sector to help achieve global climate targets. Um, putting emerging markets on a path to low carbon development will require enormous scale in the DRE sector. And our job at Odyssey is to unlock that scale um, with a set of uh, digital, digital technologies and services via our platform. Um, just a little bit on how I, sort of my journey into Odyssey, I've actually spent my entire career in, uh, in the clean tech sector. Um, but more recently, about seven years ago, I joined Sun Edison, which was the largest renewable energy company in the world, to launch their uh, microgrid business uh, called Frontier Power. And we were tasked with scaling um, microgrid development quite quickly in uh, India and Africa. Um, so, you know, as a project developer on the ground, thinking about how we would scale development, uh, we quickly realized that there was a complete lack of digital technologies to enable that scale. Everything that we were doing in the project development process was manual, um, from sort of initial planning to uh, working with investors on on financing to procuring um, the equipment we needed to build, all the way to... Um, thinking about how we were going to operate a, f- a fleet of small projects uh, in, you know, remote and difficult to reach places. So really kind of the idea of Odyssey was born out of our experience uh, on the ground, uh, developing projects and realizing that scale would require sort of the digital solutions that we've now um, built via the Odyssey platform. So it's both
0: financing and managing.
1: Yep. So we we cover the three phases of project development, financing, building, and operating projects. And we have um, tools and services for each of those phases of the project development process.
0: So now back to the International Women's Day, which is celebrated on March 8th, and basically also um, throughout the whole month. And uh, during this time, we celebrate the social, political and economic achievements of women, but at the same time remind ourselves that we are still far from achieving gender equality. Um, In the renewable energy sector, what does gender equality mean for the sector and in the efforts to achieve universal energy access to clean energy? um, Do you think women have a significant role to play in the sector?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I should start out by saying um, I think I probably have a bit of a unique experience here um, as someone who's obviously is a woman and has spent my whole career in the clean tech sector. Um, I've obviously, you know, read the stats and understand that gender equality in the renewable sector has a far ways to go. But personally, and I think Odyssey as a whole, has really seen a ton of progress on this front. Um, you know, obviously, I'm running a business that's founded by two women. We have, you know, a number of women in senior leadership positions in our company. Um, the investors I'm speaking to are often women. And um, some of our biggest clients are women-run organizations. So um, I hope that, you know, my experience at the very least concerned as an indicator for the the direction that the sector is going.
0: Unfortunately, the numbers are out there and they put a spotlight like the sector is far from achieving equality. What are some of the challenges? Yeah, so if I
1: think about um, the main challenges that we face at Odyssey in turn, in terms of sort of continuing the momentum um, that I just described, it's really all about hiring. Um, so many of the roles we're, we're a data and technology company. So many of the roles that we're hiring are data scientists or um, software engineers or or sales. And I would say, you know, probably 90% of the applications that we receive for these roles are from male candidates. Um, and I think that's probably because um, STEM or even sort of sales skills are traditionally male-dominated domains, Um And so, you know, you can imagine if we're trying to fill these roles, we have to work extra hard to even find candidates, uh, female candidates to to join our team. And I'm I'm guessing, you know, if if we're having this experience at Odyssey that, you know, a number of other companies in the renewable energy sector are having this experience as well. um, And that's probably one of the biggest driving forces behind um, some of the stats that we're seeing in terms of um, inequalities in, in the renewable energy sector.
0: And that brings me to the theme of this year's International Women's Day, which is break the bias. Um so are there some, are there some major biases in the dairy sector that hinder the sector from achieving gender equality?
1: To my earlier point, I think there there are ingrained biases that women face when even sort of early on choosing which skill sets to specialize in in their studies, which in turn propagates to fewer female candidate, candidates for these roles. Um, And then in turn means our companies and other companies like us have a greater percentage of men in these roles. Um, Because, you know, if you think about the renewable energy sector, a lot of the um, skill sets that are required for it are around, you know, engineering for sure. Um, DRE is now more sort of digitally enabled. So we're seeing a need for software engineers. Um, And traditionally kind of these skill sets are ones that, um, uh we see fewer sort of females per, uh, female candidates coming to us you know for these roles and also pursuing in their studies i mean i know personally when when i was um when i was in my my undergraduate studies i didn't even consider a stem related major um and you know part of that i think was i i didn't explicitly have anyone encouraging me to consider to build, building out the skill set and i think my peers did have have more of that um I definitely think that that's something that's changing, but we need to keep, you know, starting early to break these biases to ensure that um, women in their in their studies are developing these skill sets that will be, you know, that are incredibly important for um, positions in the renewable energy sector moving forward. Um, I will say, however, I do see a bias um very actively breaking in terms of women in leadership roles. Um I've I feel that I've been sort of encouraged and supported to take a leadership role at every stage of my career and in my position as CEO um I really haven't encouraged or in- encountered any biases around um around this. And in fact many of the investors that we speak to um are actively interested in investing in female led businesses and I think that's a really good
0: sign. Yeah. Indeed, that's a very good sign. And also, um, I get the point that you missed having role models when you are selecting your classes, your studies. Um, So what else can the sector do to address these biases? Good question. You know, I think I've probably
1: covered this in my previous point, but, you know, from my perspective, it's really all about being intentional in hiring um making sure to source female candidates, constantly evaluating the composition of the team to take stock take in, in how we're doing with female representation across the company. And that's both in terms of leadership roles and then in terms of specific areas of expertise like like data and engineering and and sales. Um And and as I mentioned, I really think this also starts with access to adequate education and training opportunities that can be enhanced through adjustments in curricula, targeting scholarships and internships, and, you know, even vocational training opportunities um, oriented towards women. Uh, On a different note, though, I think, you know, as someone who's had, I've had two kids while being CEO of my company. Um, and one sort of really positive trend that I think we need to keep promoting is just flexibility and, and remote working. Um, I think that working as much as I do and running this company while having two babies would have been nearly impossible without a culture, without a culture of, of flexible working hours of sort of being able to plug in from home and, and, and balance work and family in a new way. Um, and I mean, my team will tell you it's, it's not uncommon for me to join a zoom call with a baby on my lap, but I still get the job done, um. And that's the, that's the type of culture I think that um, certainly has, has helped me be, you know, uh, more effective as a CEO, um, you know, while building a family. And I think that um, obviously that's, that's something that, that many, many women will, will need to um, sort of progress their careers while they're in the stage of life of, you know, built, growing families and, um, and, um, and having kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that really definitely puts emphasis on the point of having women. Um, in leadership places and also uh, creative, conducive environments for women to, to work in. Um, as someone who has founded a company, I know one of the challenges that women face in the DRE sector is accessing funds. Um, what can be done to unlock financing for women?
1: So I think for, for my experience at Odyssey has not, um, many of the funders I work with are women. Um, I'm obviously sort of the one fundraising as a woman, um, and so I definitely think that this is this is changing. Um, and and as I mentioned earlier, I mean, I see I'm I'm often speak to a number of investors that are actively pursuing female led organizations in their funding strategies, and we just need to continue to see to see more of that. Um, There's an interesting report that the Alliance for Rural Electrification came out with recently um, that had some interesting points to sort of how how we can help women in accessing finance. Um, You know, first of all, sort of the business case for gender lens investing needs to continue to be communicated and, and strengthened further. It's not always obvious to private investors how a gender lens can really improve their financial returns. Um, and then we also need good data on sort of gender disaggregation um, as we look at investments and returns and and how that, um, you know, once we disaggregate which organizations are sort of female-oriented, female um, represented and which ones aren't. I think we'll get some really interesting analyses on on what that means in terms of, um, you know, uh, investment results.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. So it's, uh, it looks like the, the onus is on the other side how to support uh, the women to access financing Well yeah and I think you
1: know from from our role at Odyssey one thing that we are trying to do with our technology is just make it um, easy to collect gender data so that we can start to understand some of some of the this, these analyses. So for example, when we run a results-based financing facility on the platform um, to catalyze investment into distributed renewable energy projects, Um, We have tools, we have data tools in the platform specifically for collecting um, data on the end user um, and what the gender of the um, sort of house, either if it's a a business or a household um, uh, lead is. Um, And I think like as we can continue to collect that type of um, data in the financing process, um, we'll start to s- draw some really interesting insights on how this financing um, is, uh, it, sort of what the gender impact of this financing is and what we're learning from it. But again, yeah, it, it really all starts with kind of um, collecting baseline data and then measuring progress over time.
0: Yeah, I think that is um, a report that uh, I would be very interested in in seeing. Um, so my next question is all about um, the, the renewable Energy sector and and employment of women. So according to a 2019 report by IRENA, the sector employs 32% more women, and it's likely better than the 22% employed in the wider energy sector. And definitely, while this is definitely not ideal, um, we still see that the renewable energy figures are higher than the wider energy sector. So um why do you think the DRE sector is more favorable towards women and what are the unique opportunities for women in the sector?
1: Yeah, I mean it is worth noting that that same survey showed that only 28% of women belong to stem jobs in the sector while 45% were in admin jobs. So um, you know, improvement's great but but still kind of want to emphasize that. Um but you know, I yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think as I've talked about it, the sort of confluence of, of STEM roles in the renewable energy sector is generally contributing to um, lower women employment. But I think the, f- is the focus on, um, on SDG goals in renewable energy probably helps, um, you know, obviously some SDG goals are specifically focused on, um, on gender equality, equality and women empowerment. Uh, and renewable energy, obviously has an important role to play there. Um, and so I think that probably can help uh, explain why um, renewable energy is at least attracting ten uh, percent more women than the wider
0: energy sector. Okay, um, so I think we've come to the end of our questions, and so I'm going to thank our listeners for being for tuning in and also to remind them that we have a wealth of sector news analysis and data on our website, um, www.powerforall.org and on our platform for energy access, Knowledge Peak. You can also sign up to receive our monthly newsletter and if you would like to support our work, you can make a donation via our homepage. So speak to you soon on the next episode of Power for All and thank you so much for Emily. It was really a pleasure having you. Thank you so much.
1: Great, thanks for having me.